Happy Monday. Uh, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Uh, don't be alarmed. Uncle Jimmy is a thousand percent all good. Uh, I gave him the day off today just because I'm going to talk for at least an hour straight, if not longer. Uh, I have a lot on my mind today, and it's just going to be me and you. I'm going to start a fire, and then I'm going to throw logs on that fire, and then I'm going to throw more logs on the fire, then I'm going to throw gasoline on the fire, and I'm going to try to burn the whole thing down. And I, I just, I got a lot that I want to say today. And so uh, it's just going to be me and you. And so uh, Uncle Jimmy's not going to do an intro. We're not going to have an approval rating. Just me and you. Me, you, Kyle Rittenhouse, Daryl Brooks, Kenosha, Waukesha, and what's going on in America. So uh, before I get the fires going, uh, I want you guys to go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. I need you to hit that subscribe. I need you to hit the like button. What I'm about to do is clearly going to be worthy of 10,000 likes. I need you to help me get there. I need you to call your friends and tell them to come watch the show. I, I really do. I need you guys to be good, fearless soldiers and help me recruit more fearless soldiers. We need to build this army up because we're at a critical time in American history. And I have some things I want to get off my chest today that I think will help explain why this fearless army and fearless men and just a fearless culture needs to be reinstated uh, here in America. And so I want to give you a little time, call friends, get your, gather your kids, call grandmama, call grandpapa, call mom and dad, mom and dad, call your kids, do whatever. Tell them to come watch this show. Come join us here. Uh, I'm going to try to put everything we've experienced in the past four or five days into uh, proper perspective. If you're listening uh, on a podcast, on Apple or wherever, hit that five-star review. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a review of the show on Apple. Uh and again, tell your friends to come support the Apple Podcast. Uh, let's continue to build this fearless army. Are you ready? Because I am, I think, <clears throat> I think I'm emotionally ready to go uh, where I want to go today. Uh, so let's get the fire and the party started. Corporate media outlets are not fanning flames of racial division for ratings or relevance. The goal is revolution the rewriting of our Constitution and the dismantling of Western civilization. CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, your local newspaper, and their collaborators in China and Silicon Valley want to define America as a failure, a casualty of institutionalized racism, a human experiment in need of radical change. By pointing out this obvious fact, I run the risk of being labeled a conspiracy theorist. By acknowledging this obvious fact, you run the risk of being labeled a conspiracy theorist. But we can no longer afford to delude ourselves with comforting lies. 
there are a few accidents when it comes to seizure of political power. The last accident was Donald Trump winning the 2016 presidential election. Everything before and since has been a product of careful planning, design, and execution. The lies spun about Kyle Rittenhouse, Jacob Blake, and Kenosha were not innocent mistakes. Their intentional talking points distributed to the outlets and personalities sympathetic to the cause of changing America by any means necessary. Rittenhouse crossed state lines! That rallying cry was no accident. That's a talking point handed to the useful idiots working inside corporate media. It's propaganda. So is the presidential candidate, Joe Biden, insinuating that Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. Corporate media's fixation on defining every human encounter in racial terms is a tactic, not a virtue signal born of white guilt. It's a strategy that characterizes America's 400-year narrative arc as a racial conflict rather than a moral one. The Judeo-Christian values embedded in our Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights did more than establish our culture as separate from England's. Our founding documents set up an internal battle of good versus evil. It forced America to examine and address its flaws. For nearly 200 years, America sacrificed blood to expand freedom to black people, and American men surrendered power to expand freedom and agency to women. America no longer debates morality. It has spent the last 60 years expanding the acceptance and the normalization of immorality. Communism and its hostility towards religion and objective truth is immorality's best friend. Our public square is filled with people debating the gross lies propagated by corporate media. It's a brilliant tactic. We spent much of the past decade arguing about whether law enforcement is systemically brutalizing unarmed black men. The whole conversation is a lie. The lie contaminates everything it touches. That's how a trial about the interaction between four white men, Kyle Rittenhouse, Joseph Rosenbaum, Gage Grosskreutz, and Anthony Huber turned into a referendum on the criminal justice system and black men. Well, if Rittenhouse was black, the police would have shot him on sight and the jury would have convicted him of murder. Really? Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, fired the first shot, striking a Louisville police officer. Walker was never charged with shooting a cop. He's viewed as a victim and a hero. On the same day Rittenhouse was acquitted, Andrew Coffey was acquitted of murder and attempted murder charges surrounding his shootout with police in Florida. Coffey is black. He's a felon. He illegally possessed a firearm. These lies aren't being told for ratings and relevance. They're not told out of guilt. The lies camouflage the agenda. They create the illusion that revolutionaries are really just well-intentioned anti-racist. Anyone who objects is racist or supports white supremacy. The lies fertilize a revolution billionaire elitists are financing and promoting. They want a new constitution. They want America to operate like China, a country run by the Communist Party. Elites. 
athletes, entertainers, media personalities, all do quite well in China as long as they promote the government agenda. LeBron James is 20 times, 10 to 20 times more popular in China than he is in America. James is loyal to the people and the government that are most loyal to him. LeBron's childlike demonization of America serves his strategy. He's not uninformed. He's executing a strategy that serves him and other professional basketball players. Participation in pro sports has far more to do with genetics than hard work. I'm not saying that athletes don't work hard. I'm saying that a tiny percentage of the population will grow tall enough to play in the NBA. The average height of an NBA player is six foot six. About 15% of the world's population is six foot or taller. Less than 1% of the population reaches six foot six. The NBA caters to a tiny elite group of genetics lottery winners. Strength, a key ingredient to play in the NFL, is also a byproduct of genetics. It's not a coincidence that basketball and football players are some of the biggest proponents of the racial lies being used to vilify this country. The high profile supporters of Black Lives Matter and the agenda to dismantle Western civilization fit an FBI profile. I call it the Fearless Bureau of Investigation, FBI profile for Black Lives Matter supporters, mixed race, openly LGBTQ, Closeted LGBTQ, atheists, low IQ, athletically gifted, white spouse or partner, obsessed with social media. They don't have to check every box, but if they check half of the eight, you found a match. The people in charge of promoting the revolution know who they're looking for and who will support their agenda. This is a well-funded, highly orchestrated coup. Pretending it is not only enhances its chances of success. That's just the beginning of the fire. That's just an appetizer. I got logs I'm going to throw on this fire. I just wanted to set the table for where we're beginning. I have far more to say. You still have time to go to youtube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Tell your friends to come join us. Hit that subscribe, hit that like button. Join the party, join the fearless army right now. I'm going to expound on all of what I just set forth. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Good Ranchers. I want you to imagine over 100,000 Americans losing their jobs. You can stop imagining because it's reality, everybody. Since 2015, over 100,000 independent farms and ranches in the U.S. have shut down. Why? Because foreign meat is stealing their business and robbing you of the quality and flavor you deserve. That's why Good Ranchers is here. They exist to bring American farms back to their former glory. Get the beef, chicken, and seafood that can't be imported or matched at GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers is here to put America first at the dinner table and put the American rancher back on top. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash fearless right now and get 10 free bistro fillets when you subscribe. In addition, you'll save $25 off each subscription box of mouthwatering American meats for life. 
That's right, get 10 free bistro fillets, that's $119 in value, and free express shipping, and $25 off your monthly subscription for life at goodranchers.com slash fearless. Get the best deal of the year by visiting goodranchers.com slash fearless, or use the promo code fearless at checkout. Guys, I tell you this virtually every day, you gotta support Good Ranchers because they support us. They support this show, they support what we believe in, they support the discussion we're about to expound on. Next! All right, welcome back. Uh, Listen, I hope that I'm gonna do this conversation complete and total justice, I plan to. Uh, I've set off enough time uh, <laughs> to, get, to do it justice. But I, I, I wanna go back to and start with what I'm calling my FBI profile of high profile Black Lives Matter supporters. Uh, and, and I just want you all to think this through as I continue this conversation and point out examples. And again, you don't, like when the FBI comes up with a profile of a shooter or a serial killer or whatever, they don't check every box, but they check enough of them for there to be a pattern. And as you hear me talk about these examples we saw this weekend, Uh, about the way the Kyle Rittenhouse thing was discussed and about what's going on. Just think about mixed race, openly gay, closeted gay, atheist, low IQ, athletically gifted. And that athletically gifted, people will be, why is that important? Because again, when someone is athletically gifted, They tend in this society, because we reward athletes so much, they tend to spend an enormous amount of time developing their athletic gifts more than their intellectual gifts. And that's why I say to people all the time, I'm glad I was blessed with enough athletic gifts to get a football scholarship and to get onto a college campus, but I'm glad I wasn't gifted with enough to be, to pursue a professional career. Because I would have got lost in developing my athletic gifts. And again, my coaches are like, man, particularly in college, I wish you had spent just a little bit more time trying to develop your athletic gifts. And I probably got professors at Ball State were like, you were here working on your intellectual gifts? I thought you were at Papa Lou's Chug drinking beer. Uh, <laughs> but, but I say that to say that at some point around the age of 21, I realized like, whoo, only way I'm gonna make it in this world is with this up here. And I started pouring all my energy into this up here. And you know, I wish that I had done that at 15 or 13 or 18 or 19, whenever, but eventually I did, I got it. But the the people that I know that supremely athletically talented, they never had to snap out of it. And and, and I'm not saying that to denigrate any of them. If, if, 
If I had LeBron James's talent, the smart thing to do is to max out that athletic talent. That's the smart thing to do for a person with that many gifts. Person like me, shade over six feet, uh, love the fork more than he did pushing away from the table. You know, eventually I had to figure it out that my mind was actually gonna have to take me somewhere in this world. And so I focused on that. But the reason why these supremely athletic football and basketball players can be so easily manipulated and used as useful idiots. They weren't sitting at the front of the class. They don't have an understanding of American history or global history. They don't need it. And I'm not, this doesn't apply to all of them. There are exceptions. But they're, they're bathed in a culture and surrounded by a group of friends who, for the most part, spent most of their time developing themselves as athletes. And I'm about to say something that could get me in trouble and could be misconstrued, but, but, but I even, most of my friends, best friends, had enough talent to get on a college campus and be good college football players. And they're still friends of mine. But, but again, the people that have really elevated my perspective of the world, not really the athletes that are my best friends. It's just not. And, and again, when you, when your group, and most of my friends are athletes, but I can't even say most anymore, but I'm just telling you, the athletic world isn't where you go to get your mind developed. It's just not. And uh, these college campuses that program kids and, and program them with an atheist worldview probably isn't the best place to go to have your mind developed either. And so you have these athletes that we've assigned LeBron James and who, name them all, whoever else. They're not the brightest lights that America has to offer. And we put them out front as leaders and we pretend like uh, they have a worldview and, a, and a, a narrative on the world that no one else can touch. And look how much money they've made. Of course, LeBron, he's worth a half billion dollars. He paid two million dollars for a school in Akron. Oh, my God. LeBron can't even read the first page of a book. That's the truth. And, and I don't halfway blame him. He gets paid to dunk a basketball. And that's what made him a half billion dollars. But the obsession with social media, they use that. The, the guilt that people, that a lot of black dudes in particular have when they get a white girlfriend, white wife or whatever, that, that guilt jumps on their back and all of a sudden they gotta do all this extra stuff to prove how black they are. And, and 
I'm speaking from experience here. I've lived that reality. I don't care anymore about who I date and how people interpret that or whatever. I'm just gonna stick with the truth regardless. Most of these young guys, 20s, 30s, whatever, they're not, their balls haven't really dropped enough to get in that mentality. They want to fit in and they want to be popular over social media. But anyway, I, I want to start with ESPN and, and a conversation I saw on ESPN that involved uh, this new NBA show with the Malika Andrews, Richard Jefferson, and Kendrick Perkins. And I just want you to look and see how, remember my little, my FBI profile, and then let's go listen to this discussion that they had on ESPN. Somehow, Malika Andrews, who's 26 years old, and two tall basketball, two tall former basketball players, we're turning to them to hear their thoughts on Kyle Rittenhouse. Cal Rittenhouse never played basketball. Uh, Joseph Rosenbaum, the victim. Gage Grosscruz, Anthony Huber, the victims. Never played basketball. These are four white people in Kenosha, Wisconsin, had nothing to do with the athletic world. But ESPN is having a discussion about them. Take a listen. Former players, but I. We are all black people. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to make sure that we created some space for anything that we want to say here before we talk about basketball. Well, I just, I think that the, the scariest part about this, like, you know, so many people talk about not being surprised. And if you live in America, if you know the history of America, you're not surprised. I think the scariest part about this is that by saying that he is not guilty, they are saying that everything he did was lawful. And that's the part that worries me. Like you, they were trying to not paint him. He was a kid that took a, a, a gun across state lines and went and did what he did. And they are saying that that is lawful. So to me, that just makes it, you know, even that more concerning that these acts are being proven that like, hey, if this is what you want to do and you want to go into a crowd and you want to do this, then, you know, a judge can a judge and a jury can find you not guilty. And I think that just makes the tension in these situations even worse. Perk. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm just with all the other players. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I mean, you know what we have been going through. It's just. It's just mind-boggling to me, and it's very disturbing that, you know, it's not just a gun, right? We're talking about an AK, something that is very visible mm -hmm. that you know you have intense or whatever the case may be. And I just, to be honest, I really don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't want to lose my job. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I just want to say one thing. Um, and I'm going to borrow it from MacArthur fellow Jacqueline Woodson. And she said, I'm heartbroken, but I'm not stunned. I'm angry, not irrational. I'm done, but not stopping. And that to me encapsulates so very well what so many people are feeling today. So take care of those around you, check in and ask how folks are doing, 
This is something that is a culmination of so many things, especially in black America. And there's not really much more that can be said. There's nothing that can be said that makes us any better. More NBA Today coming up after the break. <clears throat> so, uh, I've worked in the past with both Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins. They are perfectly appropriate to talk about basketball, something that they know. Uh, as it relates to Kendrick Perkins, we were for a time friendly, and he's someone that I have uh, some respect for. And, and again, this is where, and this sounds very disparaging, but, but it's really not, but this is where the term useful idiots come in. And that's what we just heard were three useful idiots. And somewhere on that, on my little profile, my skin, athletically gifted, low IQ, uh, mixed race, Malika Andrews is half Jewish. She's African American. She starts out, and here's a conversation about four white people in a dispute, and her qualifications that she lays on the table for everybody that's about to talk. We are all black people. And I just wanted to cut out some time for us to talk and to have space. We are all black people. See, she's 26 and a child. She's unqualified for the job she has and everybody knows how she got it. She's attractive. She's African-American. They love Childish African Americans. Put them on TV, give them a job they're not qualified for, and they will do exactly what you tell them to do. When you send a child to do a grown person's job, that's what you get. We are all black people. I just wanted to create space for us to talk about it. Can you imagine, has, in the history of television, and I'm only 54, but TV's probably only been around 70, 80 years, in the history of television, has anybody ever gone on TV and said, we are all white people, and I just wanted to create space for white people to talk about it. This is clown shit. She's a clown, in over her head, being used. Because she checks those boxes. Low IQ, African American, what, 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 give me my other, probably an atheist, but who knows, her, her mom's a Jew. Uh, I, I don't know if she's an atheist or not, but probably obsessed with social media. And then there's this other element. She's scared to death. And this is why this show constantly talks about courage and fearlessness. And why we, I keep talking about if you emasculate the entire culture, if you drop women, particularly unqualified women, 
into spaces. She don't know a damn thing about the NBA. Not really, not in comparison to the people that have actually covered the league for an eternity, who have actually covered the league in a real way when your coverage of a team actually matters. This is not a journalist. This is an Instagram model with the right connections, the right family connections, and the right breeding who they put in a spot to be a puppet for the puppet masters. Someone willing to go look at a teleprompter or come up out of their mouth with, we are all black people. I just wanted to create the space for us to talk about four white people. That's clown shit. And then you got two emasculated men who don't know that their balls have been cut off and put in a jar and won't be handed back to them until they get off camera. They're not gonna object. They're just happy to have the jobs. And they know why she's got her. She knows they done forgot last night more about basketball than the host of that show will ever know. But they're happy to have a check. And so they go for it. And perhaps not smart enough to know they're participating in a stupid conversation to where the host has framed it up that your skin color is your qualifications for talking. It's not about what you know, because we know, as soon as they started talking, the misinformation and the bad information and their lack of qualifications for what they're talking about fell out of their mouth. Richard Jefferson started, he carried a rifle across state lines. Now this man said this on Friday when everybody has known for at least at the minimum a week, the gun never left Wisconsin. This whole crossing state lines thing is BS. The boy lived a mile from the Wisconsin border. His daddy, grandparents, cousins, his job was over in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I used to live in Kansas and on the Kansas City, Kansas, Overland Park, Kansas, was sat on the border of Kansas City, Missouri, where the newspaper I worked for was from. I used to cross state lines every day. But you have these idiots sitting on TV, unqualified, athletically gifted, low IQ, the whole, probably, not Kendrick, but I don't know who, a, I don't know who Richard Jefferson dates or who his partner is, but it, whatever. On TV, unaware of any facts related to the case, just saying, what they know will not meet any resistance on social media. And this is where I go to with the feminization of our entire culture and placing women in spaces and making them lead conversations. This no different than Samantha Ponder on the NFL countdown show. And I'm sorry, there's a lot of women in the media business that I like and respect. I'm not trying to piss all of y'all off, but damn it, 
If men can't be men around you, you need to get up out of the way. If you're going to emasculate all the men around you because you can't stand the heat that comes along with being in the crosshairs and being a public figure. And that's where all of this comes. You got a 26 year old unqualified child out there whose worst nightmare is for people over Instagram or Twitter to attack her. That's why the entire media has spent the last decade. Oh, he got mean tweets. Oh my God, the abuse I take over Twitter. Oh God, I got death threats. Oh, oh, oh. They don't know a damn thing about journalism. Before there was an internet, I was getting death threats as a columnist in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1992. There was no Twitter then. This is what goes along with having an opinion. This is what goes along with the paycheck. There will be idiots who will say dumb things to you and will threaten you. Most of it, 99.9.9% of it is completely irrelevant. And anybody that wants to ball up and curl up in a fetal position, oh God, I got mean tweets. Someone said X, Y, or Z about me. Oh, it's so unfair. You ain't built for the job. Journalism, I said this for years. It's for people who are comfortable around people who are uncomfortable around them. The number one reason why I was successful back when America was America, before all this emasculated BS that we have going on now, was because I didn't give a rip whether Marty Schottenheimer, Carl Peterson, uh, the dudes on the Kansas City Chiefs and 90% of the dudes on the Kansas City Chiefs could have beat my fat ass up. I didn't care. My job required me not to care, or at least the way I saw the job. Did I work with some people who lived in utter fear of ever irritating, upsetting anybody in power? Absolutely. I, I'm not going to dirty up this conversation by naming names, but they were some of the most decorated alleged journalists in the country. Lived in fear. Oh my God, Carl Peters and Marty Schottenheimer, Dick Vermeil may be upset with me. I didn't care. That's the job. You're looking at a group of emasculated men led by a childish woman, they're all scared. I don't want LeBron James upset with me. He might not invite me to his parties. Rich Paul and Maverick Carter may text me that they're upset. I'm here to tickle LeBron's little boys and that's it, that's my job. 
And so they go on TV and lie because they're scared. They're not really built for this. The reason why ESPN is an utter disgrace and failure at the moment is because fear is in control and idiots are in control, empowering other scared idiots. They spend every moment, oh my God, will LeBron like me tomorrow? Will Twitter attack me? I can't tell the truth. I must come on here and pretend like Kyle Rittenhouse says something about black people. At one, she, somehow the Rittenhouse trial, according to Malika Andrews, is the culmination of everything, especially for black people. Cut it out, woman. You grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Your Jewish grandparents hooked you up at their law firm when you was in college. You've been, nobody in the history of ESPN has ever been more fast-tracked to the top than Malika Andrews. There's no struggle there. It's all easy street. This, <laughs> Kendrick. He was carrying an AK. Hey, small mistake, I'm sure he meant AR-15. And then Kendrick, he doesn't want to say anything because he, he doesn't want to lose his job. And we're all acting like from, and just keep in mind about Richard Jefferson. And, and I don't say this disparagingly, but th this is where I'm just like, hey man, we got to cut it out. Richard Jefferson's father was killed in Compton in a drive-by shooting. And Richard Jefferson is worried about Kyle Rittenhouse? Kyle Rittenhouse? Does he come to Compton? His father was killed in Compton in a drive-by shooting. In Compton. And you on TV acting like Kyle Rittenhouse is the threat? This is a lie. Kendrick, Kendrick big tough, bearded up, uh, six foot ten, Rick Ross, tough guy, Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick, I mean, let's keep it real. We, we can't, and I'm, I'm speaking directly, I want to make sure we cut this out because I'm speaking directly to Kendrick Perkins here. Because Kendrick's somebody I had some respect for. Kendrick, <clears throat> we're on TV acting like we can't understand what Kyle Rittenhouse did or was doing. And so let me walk you through what Kyle Rittenhouse did and was doing and see if you can relate to any of it. You, you, Rick Ross, tough guy, somewhere in Texas. You got your street credibility. I, let me throw this out to Jalen Rose as well. He's from Detroit, tough guy. Jalen Rose said Jacob Blake was killed or whatever. <clears throat> but all the tough guys that's from the hood and they got their street credibility, I, I want you to help me understand your thinking and logic. Is there any consistency to your thinking and logic? Kyle Rittenhouse, 
whose daddy and grandparents and cousins lived in Kenosha, Wisconsin, sees his, that community under attack, arson, looting, rioting. L let me play the video of just one of the videos of what happened to a citizen in Kenosha, Wisconsin, who made the mistake of trying to protect his business from the thugs that were out looting, robbing, and burning down buildings. Uh, play the tape. I, I just, Kendrick, you guys, I want you to see what was going on in Kenosha. This poor man got his house, his business caught on fire. They just threw a bottle at this guy. But I just, for all the street tough guys, uh, Kendrick Perkins, all these guys. So Cal Rittenhouse sees what's going on in Kenosha, his hood, his block, his grandmama, his daddy, his cousins, where they live. And he and some friends get guns and decide, we're going to protect my hood, my block. This goes on in black neighborhoods all across the country. In Kansas City, I was friends with some guys that called themselves the 57th Street Road Dog Villains. 56th and 57th Street Highland Park, that was their neighborhood. At age 14, 15, 16 years old, they were getting guns and protecting their neighborhoods. Rappers make songs glorifying their neighborhoods, their blocks, and that they're willing to die for their neighborhoods and their blocks. And they do this at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. We've made movies about them. Even if you don't know any of these people. Unfortunately, I do. They would do anything to protect their block. So we celebrate it or understand it when it's a 14, 15, 16 year old black boy in Chicago, South side, West side, whatever side, that says he's gonna join a gang, get a gun and protect his block. But when Kyle Rittenhouse does, oh my God, he's a white supremacist. He's one of the worst human beings on the planet. Somebody, Kendrick Perkins or somebody, I know you can't tell the truth on ESPN. Pick up your cell phone, you call me and explain it, 
put out a video and explain it. Do whatever it is necessary. You can come on this show and explain, but explain to me the difference between a 17 year old white boy that sees his neighborhood under attack on national TV and he gets a gun and says, I'm going to protect my neighborhood and he's the worst human being on the planet. Black kids, white kids, black kids in their neighborhoods join the gangster disciples, the bloods, the crips, whatever little street, it's all over Indianapolis, my hometown, to protect their blocks. No one calls them a black supremacist, a white supremacist. They all start wannabe rap careers. What's Daryl Brooks? He started a rap career, the guy that just drove over all the people on Waukesha. Rapper. Out representing his hood, his block. You will not see anybody on ESPN go and talk about those people. And those people, Bloods, Crips, Gangster Disciples, whatever, they drop black bodies daily. They don't kill white pedophiles. They drop black bodies. And Kendrick Perkins won't say a word about it. Malika Andrews won't say a word about it. Richard Jefferson, he been through it. His daddy won't say a word about it. It's cowardice. These people are cowards playing tough on television. Cut it out. It's a game. Y'all are playing games with the reputation of black people for your own benefit. So you can posture, cash a check at ESPN, get retweets and likes and follows over Twitter, hopefully land a commercial. Because again, Play the thug role, play the tough guy. Rick Ross, I'm now saying he's doing national TV commercials. Snoop Dogg is, is the, the most celebrated black icon that's ever been in the hip hop industry. He, he's baked into everything now. That's the path for us. Support black criminality and violence. Go on TV. <laughs> oh my God, Joseph Rosenbaum. Oh. What are we going to do without him? Oh, God. Joseph Rosenbaum. We was going to invite you to the cookout. Are y'all crazy? I want to take a little break here. I'm not done. I'm not close to I got more logs to throw on this fire but I just need to catch my breath momentarily. 
I want to talk to you about a new documentary film called Enemies Within the Church. This is a film that the compromised evangelical establishment does not want you to see. Enemies Within the Church exposes those who are selling out the church to postmodernism and the money behind them. Postmodernism includes agendas commonly known by the terms social justice, intersectionality, critical race theory, and neo-Marxism. The problem does not merely affect the church around the corner. Postmodernism is not just hurting the more liberal denominations, it is everywhere and it is being spread by the efforts of the intellectual leaders many Christians look up to. No denomination is safe. Enemies within the church will expose the bad ideas, but also the bad actors and the bad money. Christians need to see what is being done without their knowledge. This film brings together Christian voices from across the nation and the world to share what they have seen. Every Christian and patriot needs to go to the website, enemieswithinthechurch.com, purchase the pay-per-view or buy the DVD and share the link with everyone you know. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. That's enemieswithinthechurch.com. Personal friend of mine from Iowa, Judge Saul, uh, has participated in the making of this documentary. I can't wait to watch it. Judge Saul and I uh, worked together for years in Kansas City. It was actually, we met through the rap music world. Judd used to shoot videos uh, for Tech 9 and, and <laughs> other people in Kansas City in the music video world. And he shot some videos for me. I know Judd's very proud of this project. I'm proud to be promoting this project. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. All right, uh, don't go anywhere. I got more. Next. All right, welcome back. Uh, I'm gonna try to summarize all of my, my, my thoughts here. Uh, I wanna play some additional videos. Uh, I wanna start with the, uh, j just to give you the context, just this across state lines deal. I, I kind of want to start there. I, I want to show you all this clip and just about how this is part of this, these orchestrated talking points that are handed out. It's not by accident. This is all orchestrated for everybody to be saying the exact same thing all the time. Let you know that it's orchestrated. This is a well-designed game plan they're executing. Listen to this mashup of crossing state lines. August 24th, Rittenhouse went up to the Kenosha area for his job as a lifeguard. Rittenhouse crossed state lines into a community that was not his. My grandmother, my aunt, my uncle and cousins all live in the city of Kenosha. You know, you've got this young white kid defending the community um, that he's not even from. What's your father's name? Michael Rittenhouse. He lived in Kenosha. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. Kyle Rittenhouse was just 17 years old when he drove across state lines to Kenosha, Wisconsin. The teenager drove from his home in Illinois. Approximately one mile to Wisconsin. Across state lines, driving across state borders. He's driving across state lines. Across the state line, across state lines. Across state lines, across state lines. If you look at the Rittenhouse case, he crossed state lines. Drives up to, to, to events. Across state lines. Came across state lines. Kyle Rittenhouse, who traveled across state lines. From out of state, out of his own state. Came across state borders. Whenever you have a situation where a 17-year-old is crossing state lines, uh, 
uh, white teenager. He crosses a state line, drives 30 minutes into Kenosha. Remember, he came across the line. He crossed state lines. Cross state lines. Across state lines. He crossed state lines. Kyle Rittenhouse, who crossed state lines, came across. Across state lines. Cross state lines. He went across state lines. Cross state lines. Cross state lines. And cross state lines. A 17-year-old kid from out of state. He makes all cross state lines. Cross state lines. Cross state lines. Across state lines. Cross state lines. Went over state lines. Drove across state lines. He drove across state. Had his mother drive him across state lines from out of state. Say the line, Bart. The teenager traveled across state lines. Carl Rittenhouse traveled from his home in Illinois across the state line to Wisconsin. Drove to a different state, drives up to the state. Again, drove across state lines. The state that he does not live in. He traveled there from out of state. He crossed state lines, meaning he traveled across state lines. A 17-year-old who crossed state lines. Now again, he drove from Illinois to Wisconsin. The 17-year-old from out of state who shows up to Uh, it's almost like they don't, they're not aware that none of the protesters, none of the arsonists, none of the looters drove from Chicago to Kenosha. This is commonplace. When everybody was driving to Ferguson from around the country, they were all crossing state lines. This, this is orchestrated. This is well-designed. This is not by accident. And I'm going to give you another example in terms of, of how they've placed these women in, in these situations as host of shows to inject this female energy into everything. And so here's Amber Ruffin. And after you listen to this, Remember my FBI profile, and I'm going to tell you how she fits the profile. But here's Amber Ruffin on the Peacock Network, some comedian, and her, her breakdown of what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. You guys, because I have my own show, I have a responsibility to say things that people need to know that aren't being said. It's a cool opportunity that I don't take lightly. There are very big, obvious truths that no one wants to say on TV, but I will. Now, just a few minutes before we started taping the show, Kyle Rittenhouse, the man accused of shooting three people during a Black Lives Matter protest, was declared not guilty on all charges. So I can't believe I have to say this, but. It's not okay for a man to grab a rifle, travel across state lines, and shoot three people, and then walk free. It's not okay for the judicial system to be blatantly and obviously stacked against people of color. It's not okay for there to be an entirely different set of rules for white people. But uh, I don't care about Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't care about that racist judge. And I don't care about how up that jury must be. Uh, white people have been getting away with murder since time began. I don't care about that. I care about you. And uh, I can't believe I have to say this, but you matter. You matter. Every time one of these verdicts come out, 
It's easy to feel like you don't, but I'm here to tell you that you do, you matter. You matter so much that the second you start to get a sense that you do, a man will grab a gun he shouldn't have in the first place and travel all the way to another state just to quiet you. That's the power you have. So don't forget it. I just want you to get you better. I, because I have you guys, because I have a show, I have to tell you things that other TV shows only tell you on a constant loop. I'm just going to tell it to you one time or three times during this segment, or maybe five times, but, you know, no one else has the balls to say it. I mean, uh, Don Lemon won't say it, Chris Cobo won't say it, Rachel Maddow won't say it, Joey Reed, none of them will say it. What I'm about to say is, you guys matter. <clears throat> they keep putting this female energy into the air to emasculate us and to emasculate the conversation. It's, it's Amber Ruffin fits the profile. Call up my FBI profile. Oh, let's see what box she checks. Oh, white spouse or partner. Jan Schultmeyer, I believe is her husband's name. He's from Holland. Uh, I know people particularly people that know me are like, man, Will Lars the hypocrite. I don't, he doesn't date white women. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not uh, running around acting like I hate white people to cover up for the fact that I've dated white women. I'm not gonna run around, oh, I love the fruit, but I hate the tree. This is Amber Ruffin, fruit lover, treat hater. Can't be. You can't love the fruit and hate the tree. And this whole, again, the whole, her whole point of view of you matter. She ain't talking about we. She's talking about you, because she's not one of you. She's distancing herself from you. She got her white husband. She's got her white agenda. And she's ashamed of it. And so she'll go on TV and again, there's a profile that the puppet masters know. And they go down that checklist. Say, oh, no spiritual belief. That again, when you're atheist, you're very flexible on your morality, what you believe, flexible on the truth. All of that. So there's no guiding principles really in charge. It's whatever can make you money. When you're ashamed of your partner or you're ashamed of what your partner says about you, you'll go on TV and cry them crocodile tears. That's like they were, they spent all this time mocking Kyle Rittenhouse for his crocodile tears on the witness stand. Here's the little kid, 18 year old, fighting for his life and allegedly he shed fake tears on the witness stand. But Amber Ruffin's tears are real? Th that little speech she gave was real? You bought that? I didn't. No grown person should buy that. That was straight BS and garbage. It's... <laughs>
what we are willing to go for, what is being sold, it's all orchestrated. If they can get you focused on all this racial stuff, you can't see the real agenda. And the real agenda is a new constitution, replacing it with a communist run government. And like, oh my God, Whitlock's a conspiracy theorist. Whitlock, Whitlock's exaggerated, that's not what we want. Yes, it is. And we have to look at this honestly and deal with it honestly and quit trying to say, oh, they're just doing it for ratings. And there's no ratings in that garbage they're doing. They're not getting ratings from that. They, <laughs> they're painting an argument that America is a failure. And once they paint that argument, then they're gonna come in and say, you know what? We need a whole new constitution. That Second Amendment, a Second Amendment, <laughs> we gotta get rid of that. In order to make things fair, th that stuff, those values that were planted in the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights, we gotta get rid of all that stuff. It's, that's the end game, that's the agenda, that's the goal. And they will use anybody to make the argument, including Joseph Rosenbaum. Do spent more than a decade in prison for child rape. Put, I think we got a graphic of all three, yeah, all three of the victims there of Cal Rittenhouse. I, I just, it's mind blowing. There will be there will be bodies dropped in Chicago of innocent teenage kids over this next week. No one will care. Amber Ruffin, Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson, none of them will care. Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, the, the three amigos of Kenosha crime, we got tears everywhere and emotion everywhere. Richard Jefferson's father was killed by a drive-by shooting in Compton. This was just three or four years ago. And he's on TV acting like the death of Joseph Rosenbaum is what has him all upset. This is, this is straight comedy. This is, I, did I cover everything I want? <laughs> oh, here's the last thing I wanted to, to cover, I think, for today, anyway. When I keep, I want to just touch on briefly, and we hopefully we'll get more into it tomorrow or the next day, but the Daryl Brooks situation in Wakasha. Uh, did I say Wakasha? Did I say that right? Wakasha, Wisconsin? Wakasha. Wakasha, Wisconsin. Daryl Brooks, career criminal, rapper, gangster rapper. Uh, he's being uh, 
used and he, he, he will be used in some, or I'm sorry, they're trying to ignore the fact that he was radicalized by all of the reporting and the news narrative about what was going on in Kenosha. One of his last Facebook page, uh, posts, or two days before this, I think he got released out of jail a couple of days ago, and one of his last Facebook posts was about Cal Rittenhouse. And he's got all kinds of racist lyrics in his rap music, social media posts that are racist. This guy is clearly radicalized by racism. And the media will talk about misinformation and how it's, it's creating all this tension. And it caused those people on January 6th to uh, go into the Capitol. Did any of them drive a car through and kill five, six people? The only person that got killed at the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt. She got shot by police. Here's a guy radicalized by the left kills at least five, injures dozens more. But they won't talk about that. They won't talk about how their lies that they keep spinning to seize political power has created a tension and an animosity in this country that we have not seen maybe since the Civil War. certainly since the 1950s and 60s. And it's clear as that, again, January 6th, the only person that died was Ashley Babbitt. If Daryl Brooks was a white Trump supporter, they would be blaming President Trump for sparking his animus, you will not hear one of them say, Joe Biden calling this 17-year-old Cal Rittenhouse a white supremacist? Did that perhaps stoke Daryl Brooks into the violence that we saw? Did that play any role? Will Nicole Wallace, Rachel Maddow, Michael Eric Dyson, any of these clowns, Talk about that. All of these institutions, the media outlets, big tech and their social media apps, they're all being used to radicalize all of us. They're all being used in this coup that's being orchestrated and run on all of us. I, I, I looked up today and I was like, oh, Tucker Carlson's interviewing Kyle Rittenhouse tonight. And guess what's trending all over Twitter? Tucker Carlson and Patriot Purge and two contributors from, to Fox News that no one's ever heard of or no one cares about. Jonah Goldberg and I can't think of the other guy's name. They resigned as contributors to Fox News. It's like, hold on, Tucker Carlson's about to interview Kyle Rittenhouse, but Twitter rigs it up, and the New York Times comes out with a story, 
helping rig it up that, no, the real conversation is two people no one's ever really heard of or no one cares about quit Fox News as contributors because of Tucker Carlson's January 6th documentary, Patriot Purge. This stuff's not an accident. They're in bed with big tech and their social media apps. I, I, I'm telling you, I started talking about this in 2015 or 16, and people thought I was crazy. Like, hey, big tech is creating an alternate reality. I can remember in 2000 when I put out the one of those videos about uh, Colin Kaepernick in 2016, where I was like, there's two different worlds they're setting up. Those of us who live in reality and those of us who live in the social media matrix. And the social media matrix is becoming our reality. It's there to confirm the lies of the left so that Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson, Amber Ruffin, Joy Reid, uh, Don Lemon, Andrew, uh, uh, Chris Cuomo, they can all go on TV and say whatever lie they want. And the social media matrix will confirm that lie as the truth. And so they get to exist in that reality. And, and take the rappers, the basketball players, who are all are addicted and think their livelihood is connected to their social media feeds. And so they all wanna protect their social media popularity. And so they'll all jump on board with the lies that social media confirms and tells because it's in their financial interest too. Social media is the enemy of truth. The media outlets, the reason why it's accurate to call them enemies of the people, is because they're enemies of the truth because they crave social media approval, relevance, and traction. It's, They want to overthrow a system that has worked better than any system in the history of man. And you know what? If I thought they had an alternative that potentially could work better than this system, I would be open to listening to it. But they want to install Marxism and communism and socialism. We already, know, we already know the results. We know how that ends. These aren't untested theories and systems. They've all failed. And they've created suffering that, and oppression that far outweighs the oppression and unfairness that comes from our system. Our system is better. We got to have fearless men, fearless people, fearless women who are willing to not be afraid of being called a conspiracy theorist and call out the liars for what they are. Their agenda is clear. You need to make your agenda clear. <sighs> I 
think I've run out of energy for today. I think we should start playing tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably have more to say on this tomorrow. Uh, I need 10,000 likes for this show. I need you to give me some five-star reviews on Apple. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. We all wanna be free. We want freedom. I just want, I wanna be, I just want.